Name brand music productions in this motherfucker. There you go, there you go. There you go. Huh. We all about to find a thing. All about them designer things. I don't need no money, I got mouthpiece, my nigga. Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man. The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man. Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man. I do whatever it takes to get it, man. Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man. The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man. Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man. I do whatever it takes to get it, man. I'm hot. I feel like pot. Praises to the most high. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Termite and be easy on the Memorial Day weekend. Doing what we always do, giving you that top shelf sports analysis. And as always, we're going to give it to you sugar free. That's right. That's right. Sugar free. Um, shout outs, B. Yeah, man. I just want to say a uh, quick shout out to all the real ones. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we're the last of a dying breed. There's a lot of fake pretenders and what do we call them, imposters. And for all those who just, you know, real ones and, you know, contributing to positivity and not fuckery, I salute you. <laughs> I got a more traditional shout out. I want to shout out all the vets on this Memorial Day weekend. You know, people who made the ultimate sacrifice. That's what Memorial Day is all about. I know that may not be something that um, a lot of people are on. You know, they they look at it as something that may be a sacrifice that shouldn't be made. You know, and that's a discussion for itself. But as a vet, I certainly appreciate the sacrifice that vets make and have made. This is about those who made the ultimate sacrifice on this Memorial Day weekend. So shout out to all the vets out there that, you know, that made that ultimate sacrifice. All right, Dad, let's get into this NBA stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to start? Let's just start with the uh, Boston Milwaukee series. Okay. I mean, not Boston. Um, Boston. Miami Milwaukee okay. series. The Miami Milwaukee. That's over now. That's over now. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Speak on that. We, I'm curious we, to hear what you got to say about this. Nothing. I mean, we last spoke when it was right after game two, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they were about to go to back to Miami. And I said, they can't beat this team. And you were right. I said, they can't beat this team. Yeah. That and, much was obvious. But go ahead. And at the, I remember at the end. Halftime game three, uh, it was on TNT, and Charles Barkley said, yeah, Miami might be in the lead. They might be playing well right now, but Milwaukee's going to win this game. Mm -hmm. At no point during the game did you think Miami was going to win the game. No, and you know, what, this is. tell me what you think about this, because when, when I'm watching the series from the very first game, it was obvious that this was a different Milwaukee team which is the thing that everybody's been talking about. When I say everybody, all the people who, who talk about this on a, on a deeper level, who talk about the matchups in the NBA and all that on a much deeper level, the, the Charles Barkley's and the, you know, the people who get paid to talk about it, not the casual fans. Um, they said Milwaukee's going to have to do something different than they have been doing the past few years. And they obviously have, it took a while because Early in the season, I say for the first two thirds of the season, it didn't look like they were. They looked like the same Milwaukee team. They were doing the same things they'd always been doing, and I think 
you're reluctant, you know, to change a formula when it's been successful for the most part. And especially in a market like Milwaukee, where they're probably going to support you, whether you, you make it to the finals or win a championship or whatever, they're still going to be faithful fans. But um, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'm really, really happy to see the, the evolution of that team. We'll see how, uh, and I think this is a season in which anybody can win the championship. So if they continue to play like they're playing, I think they, they got a, le- a legitimate shot. You agree or disagree? I think they do got a legitimate shot only because I feel like based on what I've seen that they match up better with Brooklyn than I initially thought. Yeah, th- this is the thing about Brooklyn that is, I don't know, I guess is telling is that I don't really, I still think that they, they have the same deficiencies they've had from the beginning. Scoring is never, 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 never going to be an issue. It's the other things. It's the rebounding and the defense and limiting turnovers. Those are the three things that can undo the Nets. Those are the three things that can undo the Nets. And they haven't really shown, uh, maybe it's a lack of focus because it's Boston, and they know that they should just smash them. You know, So they're, they don't have the focus that they would have against a better opponent. Philly, I still like Philly a lot. I picked them from the beginning you know, to be my champ. And I haven't come off of that, but Milwaukee is looking legitimate. They look like they could legitimately contend. And I can't say I'm mad about that because I, I like Milwaukee. You know, I love Giannis and, and his, his passion for the game and his his whole approach to life, basically. Because he's, re- he's approaching it like what he is. He's an immigrant. And he's got that immigrant mentality. You know, he's had to, he's had to fight for everything he's gotten in his life. And and just because he's came he came to America and has some success, he hasn't changed. He's still the same cat. He's I, just as hungry as he was when he was on the streets of, of Greece. Yeah, I agree. Watching this series, I felt like the biggest difference was the matchups. We saw the same two teams play last year. Yeah, and, and the difference this year was last year when when you were looking at the matchups you had Crowder guarding Chris Middleton. Now you have Tyler Hero guarding Chris Middleton. That's a, <laughs> that's a major, major difference. That's a major, because you got Bam Adebayo, he's, he's usually guarding Giannis. Mm-hmm. He's the primary right? defender on Giannis. And now, yeah. and now Jimmy Butler has to defend Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. right? And the, a third defender used to be Jay Crowder for Chris Middleton, which mm-hmm. was a much better matchup. Somebody yeah. big, strong, that knows, they, that knows how to defend at a high level as well, and that could hit that open three. And now you got somebody where it's a complete mismatch. So every time they come down, they're just taking advantages of the mismatches. So either they're, they're, they're running the pick and roll to get the switch that they want, or they're just giving the ball to Chris Middleton and letting him abuse Tyler Hero. And so I'm watching the game going, well, if this is what the matchups are going to be, they don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. They just thought, don't stand a chance. I thought Trevor Ariza would be the primary defender on, on and, Chris and, Middleton. And, and so who's Ariza? And you're, and you're watching it going, why is Andre Iguodala even playing? Mm-hmm. He can't help the team at all. No, not the way that they need help. Really what they should be doing 
well, it's too late now, but what I thought they were going to do, the adjustment I thought they were going to make was put Dwayne Dedman in the game and play him and Bam at the same time. And P.J. Tucker would have helped that team so much. He would have. Now he's helping Milwaukee. He would have actually helped them more than he helps Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, because Milwaukee really doesn't need him. They don't really need him. They need him. Well, they need him now because Vincenzo is out. Well, he makes a difference anyway, though. Um, it's just it's just dependent on the matchup. But in like a, a series like against Philly, he was going to play more because he has to. You know, you need his size, his defensive versatility, and somebody who can still hit that corner three for you spread the floor. He can provide all of that. You yeah. know, and he, can, and he can do it across more positions. He can effectively do it one through four. DiVincenzo cannot do that. No, but I think DiVincenzo is probably a better matchup with guys, you know, with the smaller guys that they put out there, the 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 Seth Currys and the, and the Shake Miltons, who really hadn't played much in this series, actually. Um, because but, but Maxie has been playing But in the context that. of Miami, right, he's better than, than the guys that they got playing per- perimeter defense. You know, he's better at uh, defending than Tyler Hero. He's better than Duncan Robinson. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, he's better than those. He's better than Dragic defensively, Mm -hmm. even on guards. Mm -hmm. You know, so he would help them tremendously, particularly with their uh, defensive versatility. Well, he would give them versatility, but when, like I said, when it comes to strictly perimeter players, I don't know how much of a help he is. He's more of a help three through five than he is. No, Ariza feels more like a reputation defender now at this point in his career. You know, he's not impacting Miami, you know, the way that he used to impact teams, you know, prior. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's just, you know, his spirit and the, because of the way teams have treated him as if he was expendable when he's a championship piece all this, all these years. Yeah, he's always been one. Um, and, and how exhausting that can be when you know you should be more solidified in the organization and you've been a journeyman well this is the thing that you, you're touching on something that really bothered me about that because lou williams is going through that yeah you know yeah it's bothered me about that whole series is that milwaukee not milwaukee miami never seemed fully engaged they knew that they couldn't win dad it's different when when you know when you know you're not good enough it's it, i'm talking game one they never seemed like they were fully engaged. I'm telling you, they knew from the beginning they couldn't beat that team. I just, I never saw it that way. I thought that that was going to be that and the Knicks in Atlanta. I thought was going to be the best series. The, the whole time round. I've been saying Miami's an imposter this year. Don't believe it. You have been, to your credit. <laughs> and last year, nobody wanted to believe me when I said this is the best team in the East. Uh, it's just this whole this whole season has kind of been like that for me though. It's like I, a lot of stuff I just don't understand. A lot of the the um, the ebbs and flows made no sense to me. Now the Atlanta series I love. It's the most compelling series of the first round of the playoffs in my opinion. And it, nothing else is even close. Nothing else is worth watching for real. For real. Uh, the only other one that's almost worth watching is the Clippers Dallas. Just because you want to see what's going to happen. Talk about that for a second now that we're on it. Let's transition quickly to that. What about this last game? What do you think? Do you think it means anything? Actually, I I do think it means something because, you know, 
Tyron Lue finally made the adjustment that I said should have been made in the middle of the first quarter of the first game. Okay, which was? To go small. Okay. What did I say? I said the first three plays where they ran that switch to get Luka on Zubac, Mm -hmm. you take Zubac out of the game and you put a small ball unit in there and say, now what you going to do? Yeah. That's checkers. Yeah. That's not even chess. Yeah. And it took him till game three to figure that out. Cause look at look at what happened. Game three, Dad. Look at what was happening in the in the first like five minutes of game three. Luca went freaking crazy. Cause Zubots, they kept switching Zubots, and and it was Luca was just killing him. As a coach, how many times you got to see that before you go? Oh, this guy can't play in this series. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, first game, first. first Three possessions. First game, I said, Dad, Zubac can't play in this series. Yeah. After, like, literally two, three possessions. Yeah, you did. You texted me. I said, this is it. You got to take him out the game. You texted me and said that. And I was like, I, was, I wasn't watching the game at the time. So I said, what the hell? Also, think back to the earlier show. I said, why do I think the Clippers have a good chance? I said, because they one of the only teams in the league that's top five offense and defense. Mm-hmm. They shoot the three better than anybody in the league. They're the, they have the best free throw percentage So you can't as a team. So you can't put them on the line. They shoot like 86% as a team mm-hmm. from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. As a team. Yeah. Okay, so even and the, they led the NBA in three point percentage too. Yeah, so even the big oh. men are making free throws. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they had the best small ball lineup. That was my last point. Yeah. So with that being one of your best weapons, you don't even deploy it to game three. You got to be losing the series because you know when you're down 0-2 and you're going to their, the other teams, their team. That's an elimination game. Yeah, it is. It is. Because nobody comes back from a 3-0 deficit. That's an elimination game. But the thing about it is, why didn't the coach put the players in a better position for them to win? Well, that was the thing that we talked about a little bit on the last show. It's like... He looking like Mike Brown out there. Like, (laughs) you you can't make how bad Ty looks. You can't make an adjustment that simple? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Because basketball is not rocket science. It never has been. So... If we can see it, it's got to be obvious. It was painstakingly obvious. Like, okay, it was like, but the thing about it is you should have known that going into the game. You got to tell, you got to sit Zubak down. Y'all act like it's the first time y'all played Dallas. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's not a team they should lose to. They're in your conference. You playing them like four times a year. Yeah. That's not a team you should lose to. You got to sit Zubak down and say, look, if I put you in the game, they're just going to run the pick, get the switch, and they're going to Luca going to abuse you the whole game. And then you got to sit down Patrick Beverly and you say, look, man, you're too small, bro. Lucas, oh, which they did. Luca's 6'7". Which they did. He's going to destroy your ass and talk shit to you the whole game. Which they did. They, they and said, so you got to sit his ass down there. What did I keep saying? Put Terrence Mann in the damn game. Nobody hear me, though. Put him in the game. Large guard that can defend. He can score in transition. He's not a liability in any way, really. He's young. He just needs experience. Put him in the game. Yeah, but the guy. The playoffs he, about matchups, yeah, not but, about who you know who should be who quote unquote should be starting. The other guard though, who's really stepped up is Reggie. Reggie has actually been a, a big a big help in this series. And Batum, you got to play better. He didn't play that great in the last game, but he's played pretty well in the series. But he, but they, we need more from him. 
And, and, and Marcus Morris Sr., I don't know where the hell he was the first two games, but I'm glad he showed up to game three. Yeah, he did. He showed up big I'm going to tell you what his problem was. He was thinking about everything too much. Mm-hmm. You could see it on his face when he would catch the ball, mm-hmm. that, 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 that hesitation that wasn't there during the season. During the season, he was getting the ball and just letting it go. It wasn't no thought no. at all. No. And during the first two games, like every jumper he took, I'm like, he's aiming it. Yeah. He's thinking about missing. Just get the ball and let it fly like you've been doing all season. So so think about how we've, we've approached this analysis of the Clippers-Mavericks series. We haven't one second talked about Kawhi and Paul George. Well, look, Kawhi is always going to be Kawhi. Kawhi is one of the best all-time playoff performers. Mm -hmm. Look at his numbers. Just look at his playoff numbers and and put them up against anybody's Mm -hmm. ever in the NBA and holler back at me. And he's doing it every game. PG is underperforming as usual. He played great in game three, though. He played better. He still ain't, 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 ain't matching Kawhi's level. And if they're going to do what they actually need to do in the playoff push, not just beat Dallas, but in the playoffs as a, as a pitcher, he's got to play on Kawhi's level. Nope, nobody else is pl- paying, playing on his level. Kawhi is pulling them along. I mean, they both had a huge game on Friday. Kawhi, Kawhi was 13 for 17, and Paul George was 11 for 18. And it's not just the numbers, though. For 35. It's the way Kawhi is doing it. It's the way Kawhi is doing it. He is bullying people in yeah, the mid-range, dunking on niggas. Yeah. Just, argh. Imposing his will. Yes. You know, basically, he's out there making a statement. Like, yes. I'm the best player on I'm the floor. I'm the best player on the floor. Exactly. Y'all can talk about Luka all you want. I'm the most dominant player on the floor. But I will say this, Dad. This is the one thing I've noticed. You know, PG and Kawhi are not the lockdown defenders no. that they've been no. at this point. I've been very disappointed with the one-on-one on-ball defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, really thought... Now, let me, let me say this. You can play really great defense on a player and they still put up big numbers. Yeah. You know, people are saying, oh, well, Kawhi didn't play good defense on... Luca, because he still put up like you know almost 40 points he put up 40 but when you look at but if you were watching the game you know Kawhi was playing good defense on Luca. Luca just made tough shots he did he made really 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 tough shots and, and the type of shots that you actually don't normally even see him take or make mm-hmm. in the mid-range you know fadeaway rainbows and stuff over really 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 tough defense but that's why you have to have the mid-range in your repertoire because that's how you score over good defense. Well, because of, the defense is going to give you the three or they're going to run you off the three and try to make you go to the basket to where the help is. Yeah. So if you can stop in the mid-range and score on good defense or play one-on-one and still score in the mid-range on a, on a great defender, you're unstoppable. Yeah. So Lucas is showing you, look, the game is three-dimensional for me. I can, I can really play out here on this level. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. Adversely... Porzingis isn't playing on Luca's level. No, he's not. So him, if he was, it wouldn't be a contest. It wouldn't be a contest. So yeah. him and PG are kind of cross canceling each other out in that regard mm-hmm. because they're they're both playing good, but not 
Your, your numbers are supposed to go up in the playoffs. You're supposed to play better in the playoffs. Kawhi's numbers have gone up. You know, what is PG? P, is PG doing more now than he was in, this, in the season? I don't think so. No, he's not. The thing is, Porzingis only took 10 shots, made three. He only had nine points in the game. Four, three rebounds. Nine points and three rebounds is not going to get it done. See, this is what I would do. If I'm Luka, my whole MO is to come out early in the game and get Porzingis going. Yep. That should be your whole MO. The way the Bulls used to do with Cartwright. And if you don't do that, it's not going to be as easy for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to come out really really get him going because you can always go get yours yeah if you luca yeah that's what you've proven so now that you know that now that we all know that make sure that the rest of your team is getting theirs exactly exactly that's what they he, you're right because finney smith hardaway and porzingis are going to be the key to this to this series when the others play well they yeah. haven't lost yeah but when luca balls and they shut them down they can't win they don't and the other thing that kills them is free throw shooting. They horrible. Six, even even yeah. Luca bad. Yeah, Luca's bad. Sixty six percent. But Clippers but the, shot ninety five percent from the. But free the thing throw. about Luca is he really can't shoot though. Mm -mm. He's not a good shooter. Yeah, he's a scorer. He's a scorer. Yeah. It's you know, all feeling rhythm. It's with all him. rhythm with him. Yeah. If you can disrupt his timing, he can't make a shot. Yeah. And if you put him on the line where he can't get no rhythm, he can't make a shot. Yeah. <laughs> It's bad, pretty bad, and he's he's not healthy right now either. It's like you want to make Luca's percentage go down. Force him to be a catch and shoot guy, defensively. It's like the only way you're gonna get the jumpers on a catch and shoot today. That's why he always has the ball. Exactly, because otherwise he's useless. He, can't, he, he can't cannot play off the ball no, at all. No. That's the one thing that his game lacks. Mm -hmm. If he could get that too, ooh wee, ooh wee, like become more dangerous without the ball, like Steph. Yeah. Ooh wee. Yeah. Ooh wee. Y'all better hope that don't never happen. But Steph is on a level like you, you seldom see. For somebody who's a great scorer. But Steph got there. Mm-hmm. You know. No, 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 no. Eventually. Steph came into the league being able to play that way. Because he really wasn't great at creating his shot. His handle's gotten tremendously better. Yeah, his hand but 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 the way that he moves without the ball has he been on. He always could do that because he was small, didn't have no strength, and didn't really have no hand. But it's been all on he a, could do was shoot. It's been on another level since he got with Steve Kerr. The way he moves without the ball, mm -hmm. and it, because it's intentional and efficient. Yeah. Now and it's yeah. about positioning. He understands positioning and angles way better now. Oh yeah. You know and oh, yeah. and and. and same with Clay Thompson. His off-the-ball movement became way more efficient and effective once Steve Kerr got there. Well, the thing is, if you had Clay, if you had Clay in that lineup, because what it allows Golden State to do is run so much misdirection. Yes. When you got two guys moving off the ball like that, they're basically unstoppable. But they miss Clay the most at the defensive end. That's the biggest difference that I see. All right, we got to take we got to take some time to talk about Atlanta, New York. There's, there's one thing in particular I want to comment on. Let me see what you say about this, okay? Okay. In this last game that, that Atlanta won, right? they took they – New York took 22 more free throws than R they did. Right, right, right. That, it, was, it was historic. It was a ridiculous disparity in the, in, in the calls. It yeah. was absolutely ridiculous. It was a, a historic disparity. In a, in a game in which a team won in the playoffs. You know, Dad, that's why I stopped watching the game. 
the officiating was pissing me off so bad I had to stop watching the game. You know, and, they, and yet they still won. It's ridiculous. He he beat them and the refs because they were just trying to pull a rob job on Atlanta, and they said we ain't losing. Damn it! I love this series is awesome. This is it is totally y'all awesome. better y'all better stop messing with Trey Young. It is Trey, that man that man little, but he is not playing. He got playing. all the heart in the world. He is not you playing. Love it. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. He is not afraid. And that baby face assassin. But this is in the first half of the game. This and he got today, too many assassins. He got too many shooters with him. Y'all got, ain't got enough artillery, New York. Y'all bringing a knife to a gunfight. Well, and Julius, Julius has to do everything. No, I mean, R.J. Barrett, oh, my God, he shouldn't even be playing. He shouldn't even be playing. He I'm so glad somebody playing. else said it. I've been saying that the whole time. Why is he even on the damn floor? He's a freaking liability. In every way, on both ends of the yeah. floor. He's like, he's like a bull in a china shop, but he ain't doing nothing but breaking up shit. All he does is when he gets the ball, is put his head down and go to the basket. His outside shot is non-existent. Broke-ass jumper. Non-existent. And he's always trying to compete against his teammates. He was doing that shit with Zion at Duke. And on, on defense, all he does is foul. That's it. That's all he can do. You know, so he is totally unrefined as a player. I don't know how he ever had the ranking he had coming out of high school. I don't know how he had the ranking he did coming out of college. You know, because the guy is not that guy. He's he not. not that guy. He's not. Alec Burks should be starting over him. Uh, and Tibbs finally got pulled his head out of his ass and put Derrick Rose in the starting lineup. And Tyus Gibson. They yeah. should have been playing. You know, so. And what makes it even worse is you've been had these guys. Yeah. These are your guys. These are your guys. Yeah. This is the same Chicago team that he had yep. with some other guys mixed in. So with Julius Randle, he added Julius Randle to that Chicago team. It's it's it's. <laughs> instead of Jimmy Butler, he got Julius Randle now. Okay, well the Hawks were up by four at halftime. Now they're up at ten with a little less than five minutes left in the third quarter. I told y'all, y'all can't funk with Nate McMillan. His teams be ready to play. They defend at a high level. And these guys look like they know where they're supposed to be and like they know what they're supposed to be doing. And the thing that I love about Nate, and I'm, this is why his teams are always good. He always reinforces the fundamentals. When you, when you watch his, his in-game interviews, he never talks about anything that's not fundamental. When they ask him, what does your mm -hmm. team need to do? Yeah. His responses are always fundamentally based, mm -hmm. fundamentally sound. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, all we got to do is play the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, this is basketball. These guys just don't know how to play. But, but he is teaching the game. Yeah. You know, he is like the college NBA coach. Yeah. Because he's giving an education of basketball that these players aren't getting because they're coming straight into the league. Exactly. And, then they, and, and guys in the NBA don't want to coach. Yeah, I've always said the same thing about Nate. I said I've loved Nate since he was at North Carolina State as a player. I love Nate, and he hasn't changed. He is like the consummate pro, and, and he's always going to do things the right way. He's old school to his core, but he's still able to communicate with these guys because he just keeps it real, and real is always contemporary. It never goes out of style. Never. So that's, that's why what, my shout out was what it was. Yeah, I, I'm so um, I'm so happy for it. Nate having Nate as the coach has turned me into a Hawks fan. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. Turned me into a Hawks because fan. because I'm rooting for Nate. Yeah. And the thing I hated about him being in Indiana was that I was like, man, I, I, Nate, I'm rooting for you, but I can't root for them. Mm-hmm. 
I can't root for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when they let him go, I said they did him a favor. Yeah, they did. They did him a favor. Ended up with. He was too good for them. You know, and now he's got a better team. I think he's got the best team now that he's ever had as a coach in the NBA. He got more weapons now than he's ever had. And great young talent. And he's got great young talent. And this is, you have to consider the fact that there, there are two guys who aren't playing who would really be helping them mm-hmm. right now that aren't playing. Cam Reddish is one of them. Oof. Defensively? Yeah. Ooh, defensively, wait. if they had Cam Reddish, this wouldn't even be no series. Yeah. Who, this would not be a else series. that they're missing. I can't think who the other, it was the first person I was thinking of. Now, the fact that, the fact that people draft, were looking at Barrett as a higher rated player than Cam Reddish lets you know that these people don't have a clue about basketball. Mm-mm. Anybody who, anybody watching the game, you could watch Duke play for five minutes and you could say Zion and Reddish are the two best players on the floor. Mm-hmm. Five minutes. Five minutes. There wasn't nobody else even worth mentioning on the team. And it's like, they talking about this guy like he's a first round pick. I'm like, what did they? Are they watching the game? He was the third pick in the draft. He can't handle the ball. He can't shoot. He's competing with his teammates. He's a defensive liability. And if he has, and if he can't just catch and shoot, which he can't shoot, and he's got to put the ball on the floor, it's like that's a turnover waiting to happen. Yeah, it's like Bogdanovich for Utah. If he can't catch and shoot, it's a turnover. He's going to turn the ball over if he has to put the ball on the floor. Yeah. That's why I don't understand why Memphis don't put more pressure on the ball. You know, they got to put more pressure on the ball when they're defending. Like, really put pressure on these guys. They will turn the ball over. Yeah, they will. Utah is a turnover team. You You allow them them to run their, their sets, you can forget about it. You put some pressure on their ass, they will turn the ball over quick, I promise. Everybody except maybe Mike Conley. Mike Conley is sound with the ball. And but, Joe Ingles. But, but everybody, all them other people, Donovan, turnover. Oh, yeah. Mike Donovich, turnover. Yep. Uh, uh, Rudy, Rudy turnover. turnover. Yep. All day. All day. All day. You put some pressure, put ball pressure on Royce O'Neal, turnover. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson, too. Turnover. You got to put pressure on them the whole game. And I would pick their ass up at half court. Like full pressure, half court. Y'all not going to just come and get into your offense because that's what they want to do. You got to pick them up early. Yeah. And make them have to work to get the ball to where they can run they set. So that by the time they get there, now there's only 11 seconds, nine seconds left on the shot clock. You know what I'm saying? And they're already frustrated because they can't just come up and get into their set. You got to do more of that. Hell, I would full court press them. Yeah, I would too. You got all these young guys that can defend. I would full court press them. And they got the the depth to do it. Yeah, I would full court press their ass. You can play Grayson Allen. You can play DeAnthony Milton. Yep. You can play those guys. Yes, you can. I would full court press those guys. And when guys get tired, like you said, put them young legs in there and keep pressuring yep. their ass. You can play Tyus Jones. Why not? Just try it. I bet you they'll blow them out by 20 points, Dad, they if they do that. They can't let them score 121 and expect to win. They cannot give up 120 points and beat these guys. I'm watching the game thinking, why don't they just try a full court press? Hell, at least a half-court press. Something. Pick them up at the free-throw line, their free-throw line. Yeah. And be like, yeah. you're you going to have to work to get to half-court. 
And really what you're doing is neutralizing Donovan Mitchell too because yes. you, they'd have to take the ball out of his hands. Yep. They would have to. Mike Conley and Joe Ingles would have to handle the ball. Which is what should be happening anyway. anyway yeah, it should be. My, Donovan, every time I see Donovan Mitchell bring the ball up the court, I think to myself, this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. We got to spend some time talking about, well, a little. Suns, Lakers. Just speak on that for a second. <sighs> I, I just really don't know what to say. I, at this point, I'm just really kind of over the whole Chris Paul thing. You know, it's just like every fucking every year he gets to the playoffs, and when a meaningful series comes, he's hurt. I've I've seen it since he was at the Clippers every year. Like, and at this point, I'm just like, and I'm just so tired of seeing the Lakers get a pass. You know, it's like I don't feel like they had to play nobody last year to get to the finals. I felt like they finally had a decent matchup, and then. The, the guy that makes it all work goes down. It's just like, and the Lakers just get a cakewalk to the next round. It's just so maddening. It's just so maddening. I'm just like, I just don't understand. I just, I really just don't understand. It's like how every year it's something. And it's never like a season ending injury. It's always just like an injury that takes him out for like three weeks for like enough to make him mean nothing in the series. Well, um, okay, let me ask this question then, since you, you've had your say there. And, and, and they have no chance to win because Devin Booker is not a leader. You know, he's just an over-emotional player. Mm-hmm. And the late, everybody knows that about him. So all you have to do is get him frustrated, get him a little bit of mad, and he's just going to want to fight or quit. So you're saying they don't have a chance today? They have no leader. Chris Paul looked pretty good in terms of his health in the last game. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. I, I disagree. He looked pretty good. You know, so it gave me some hope. I said, okay, he doesn't look as bad as I thought he, he would look. It looks like he might be healthy you, enough to really factor into this series. You could tell that his his that that the inflammation is really pinching on that nerve. Mm-hmm. And they and that the feeling in his hand and arms is not consistent. It affects all the things about his game that make him potent. Mm-hmm. It affects his handle. Mm-hmm. It affects his touch on his jumper. Mm-hmm. It affects his passing because he doesn't always have the power. Sometimes he'll, he'll go to make a quick pass and the arm doesn't respond because he can't get that feel. He can't get the electricity through that arm like he needs to. Yeah, it's a nerve thing. It's, a, it's, it's pinching the, the nerve. The inflammation is definitely impacting the nerve. Yeah, because it's like he has limited, limited usage of that arm. That's what it I'm was saying. Better in, it was way better in game three, though. We'll see. That's going to be the key. If he looks healthier early on, and that game would be on in less than an hour. I just think it doesn't matter at this point. You know, like. It's about being able. It's about positioning and being able to win key games. This you game know. can't be no more key because if they tie the series, it's a brand new series. I mean, yeah, it's that, the best out of three. I mean, yeah, that's true. But like, I always feel like the first in a series like this, the first team that wins two games in a row is gonna win the series. So game three was more pivotal in my opinion. And he wasn't. He couldn't compete at the level that they needed to. It's like when you're when you're, when the series is split, you're going back. And they won, and the Lakers win game two. It's like you got to go and win, snatch game three on the the first game on their floor. 
Well, that would have totally flipped the momentum. So that if you're tying the series at the end of game four, it's because they're winning and you're still waiting for a one team to win two games in a row and you want it to be in game five mm-hmm. when you have the home court and you're going back to yours. Yeah. You should be splitting games back and forth. They've already won two games. And you're and you're hobbled? That's not going to end well for Phoenix. Well, I think the fact that they had three games off, three days off between games, actually helps both teams because Anthony Davis wasn't healthy either. Exactly. So, but I think it's more important that Chris Paul has time to heal than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is going to be Anthony Davis. So, I'm not really so much worried about that. I just think that this is, I still think that if they, if they tie the series today, obviously it's a brand new series and I like their chances. You because like they've retained home home court. You like to ch- you like their chances to win today is what you're saying. Yeah, I think. Or yeah. you like their chances if they win. No, today. I like their chances if they win today. Okay. Yeah, definitely. You know, there was one other thing I wanted to shout out early on. Um, I don't think they'll win today though. Okay. Just well, we're gonna find out here soon. Um, is the Padres? I wanted to shout out the Padres who were still balling. They played four extra inning games in a row. Four extra inning games in a row. They pulled out a win against the um, the Astros yesterday um, in a game that I was certain they were going to lose, but uh, <laughs> they they pulled it out. And they're but but they're not winning today. I didn't think they would win today because they basically arresting their team. It sounds like uh, the struggle to close. What it sounds like. Well, that's why, you know, they had Blake they got Blake Snell going today against um Zach Grinky uh, for the uh, for the Astros, but and, and and they're resting a lot of their guys, their entire outfield they're resting. They got a bunch of no name guys in there. Mm-hmm. And then a pitcher who never goes the distance. So but anyway, shout out to the Padres because they have just been doing the most. The most. Um four extra inning games in a freaking row. Um Against you know the last two against the the Astros they won ten to three on Friday, on Thursday they had another extra inning game they lost against the Brewers, and then on Wednesday, they, man 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 on Wednesday against the against the Brewers again a two to one win but um, all their games have been close. It, it, it what it is is I call this the the, the uh, pandemic era of baseball when teams have to extend their rosters because you got so much so much um, upheaval with COVID wrecking everything, and you know you got to have all these young guys on on the leash ready to come up, expanded rosters and all that kind of stuff. And I think it, it because of the way the the Padres are constructed, it really kind of like played into played into their hands. Any teams that are deep. And have a strong farm system. The current situation really is advantageous for them because they're best they're best able to weather the storm. When all these roster changes, you got to make all these roster moves. And I think the way the Padres are built, um, you hear people say this a lot in the current day and age: "We're built for this. We're built for this." That's become like the catchphrase. Starting to get on my nerves a little bit, but they really are built for this. And they they managed to uh, sustain their performance in spite of all the, um, the the difficulties you have in this current situation with with COVID, with people. I, I don't understand why that why things are still going the way that they're going. Do you have any thoughts on that? 
because I don't I don't understand it at all how COVID keeps wrecking everything. <laughs> I just think it's you know a lot of misinformation and you know people not actually doing their due diligence their due diligence and understanding exactly like how COVID works, you mm-hmm. know, what this what this inoculation is doing to people. Um, so that they can speak understand. on that. No, don't just say that. Speak on what you mean by what it's doing to people. Well, I mean, they're literally, you know, it's gene therapy. Like they're literally changing your 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 DNA um, in your immune system. You know, your antibodies are are designed to kill out anything in the body that is not made up of what it's made out of. You mm-hmm. know, so anything that's not natural. But when they when you let them inject you with that technology, they can change your antibodies. So that they they go from that to a singular defense system. So instead of your antibodies being able to take out anything, now they will only take out certain COVID nineteen. Okay. And a particular strain of it that has been designed to kill out. So all of you people who have been vaccinated, when that new strain comes from another country or when they just release their next form of the, you know, because this is all man made, it's not natural. This is all chemically made man-made um which trump said and then they tried to you know assassinate him in the media for telling the truth and then later it came out that that's exactly what did happen mm-hmm. um so trump was telling the truth the, the entire time yeah and, but and but then, it was agenda laden truth and it the, always it, it, he ain't never telling the truth for truth's sake but go ahead but on that he was completely completely right about that yeah he had an agenda but go uh, ahead and he and he got us out of bed with the cdc which was smart um, because they've been on the wrong side of this the entire time, and they're in bed with Bill Gates and, and them, and I just don't fuck with him at all. Um, and he's not even in the medical profession, so why is he injecting people with anything anywhere at any time? That should be criminal. It is criminal. Mm-hmm. If anybody else was doing it, they'd be in jail or dead. And because he controls so much of the media... Um, you know, people are afraid to say anything or he's making it so that can't nobody say nothing about him. But he's doing a lot of real shady shit behind the behind the scenes, you know, creating food that has like, a, you know, this type of technology in it so that you're eating the food and it's changing your DNA without you knowing it. He's buying up all this land all over the uh, United States so that he can grow all these, you know, and he's in bed with Monsanto and they're they're putting all the this biggest, together yeah the biggest you know what i'm saying genetically so, modifier of food there is in the world so there's an ahead. enormous war on humanity and these people are the generals mm-hmm. you know and y'all looking at them like they're just tech guys you have no clue what's actually going on mm. and you're letting these people change your dna like literally not figuratively they, they're literally giving you like a software reboot you know and and, and you can't be undone Oh, that was my next question. You know, it yeah. can't be it can't be changed back. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 they're make they're turning you from something that's natural into something that's not genetically. So at that point, they can they can um, they can own you because now you fit their patent. You're not what God created you to be anymore genetically. Now you're you're what they cre- changed you into. And so people don't even realize that that type of stuff is possible, but this stuff is coming. This information is going to be coming. Yeah, and they've been telling you that for a while. And no. They've been telling you that in, you know, 
when they when they write these books and make these movies, they ain't coming from nowhere. And people run out, you know, then do this shit for a damn sticker. And now they're now they're bribing people with fifty dollar gift cards and just stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. You know, and it's just like I just don't understand. And then the CDC tells you this isn't even classified as a vaccination under the vaccination guidelines and you know requirements. This cannot be classified as a vaccination because it's not a vaccination. You know, and the fact that the media even calls it that is criminal. Because it's, it's, it's subliminal terrorism. Is all it is. You know, you say that enough times, you just say that lie enough times and people, oh, I'm gonna go get the vaccine. It's not a vaccine, but because they've said it over and over and over and over again, television, radio, signs mm-hmm. everywhere you go. You know, it's, it's, it's the Hitler strategy. Yeah. yeah. Speak the lie, say it loud, make it plain, repeat it over and over and over again and people will accept the lie. It's true. It is absolutely true. It happened, you know, they prove it time and time and time and time again. You know, and I just I just don't know how long people can keep falling for the same shit. It's like the Tuskegee uh thing was not that long ago. No. And they literally use the exact same tactics as they're using right now. You know, they injected people with this with that with syphilis and they called it free health care. Now you everywhere you go, you see signs for free vaccines. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a video online right now. Lady called the pharmacist just to ask him questions. She said, "Do you have vaccines?" He says, "Yes." She goes, um, "What ages do you administer it up?" He said, "Anybody twelve and up." I said, "They're giving it to kids." Yeah. He she said, "Well, well." Well, what vaccine are you giving? What's, what's on the packaging? He said, there's nothing on the package, packaging. It says intentionally left blank on it. Wow. She says, so you're getting this government issued. Actually, it's not even government issued. It's privately issued because it's not actually FDA cert, uh, approved, which is why they had to get an emergency, emergency. clearance yeah. from politicians. Mm-hmm. So what happened is these pharmaceutical companies paid politicians to pass this for them and allow them to be able to do this to people. The FDA said, we ain't putting our name on that, even though they got all kinds of prescriptions out here that are killing people. Yeah. They still didn't put their name on that. That should let you know everything you need to know, people. They got prescriptions on TV that are FDA approved that are killing people every day. They say in the commercial, this causes death. Yeah, yeah, they do. And the FDA has approved it and they would not approve this vaccine. And y'all running out and getting injected with it for a damn sticker or a $50 gift card or because you afraid of the flu. Come on now. We got to do better, people. We got to do better. Well, you, you brought up a couple of things that should give people pause. One, you know, the whole FDA thing for what that's worth. Oh, and the only people and then and then the stupid people who have been injected, they say, oh, well, everybody, it should be mandated that everybody has to do this. They don't even understand that it can't be mandated because the FDA didn't approve it. And it's under emergency approval. pandemic mm-hmm. approval. Mm-hmm. So they can't mandate it. That's the reason why they can't mandate it. And you still went out and got it. 
And now you think everybody else should play follow the leader. We got to do better. You know, the other thing that I was going to say that should, should cause pause, and I never even really thought about it till you said it, strangely enough, is that it's free. Come on. That should be the dead giveaway. Yeah, it's like, ain't nothing free. They ain't never gave you nothing good in for your free. life. For, for cheap even. No, not even for cheap. Yeah, for free. For free, and we'll pay you to do... That means... Think about it. When does the when do people pay people to take drugs when it's experimental mm-hmm. and they're trying to see what it's going to do to people? That's what they're doing right now. This shit ain't been tested. It's being tested on you. Go be a guinea pig if you want to. Y'all going to see what's about to happen. And the other thing that that we must prevent, we cannot let this this vaccine passport shit happen ever we can never go there because if, if it gets to there there ain't no going back what do you mean we, go ahead. where there's where they where they make it so that you can't go go nowhere or do anything in society as a merchant travel anything without that once that happens it's, it's a wrap that's the thing that we must prevent over anything else vaccination passports that means it's going to happen then it's going to happen. But, but we can stop that from happening. But we got to be aware. So as a people, we have to make sure that it never gets to that place. People want to know, where's the point of no return? That's it. So what, 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 who do you know that's saying what you're saying? No damn body. I don't care. No, I'm not asking you if you care. I'm just asking, okay, how's, I the, feel like, how's the information going to be disseminated I if f- nobody's talking about I, it? I feel like anybody who's paying attention is saying the exact same thing I'm saying. Because it's, the facts is the facts. It's, you know, it's, not, it's not a matter of opinion. It's like, look up the ingredients. Look at what they're injecting people with. Ain't none of that stuff medicinal. It's all waste and, and chemicals. It's all chemical waste. Mm-hmm. That's meant to destroy the body. They know exactly what it's going to take to change your DNA and destroy the rest of your body. And that's what they're injecting people with. And it's just a matter of time. Like, not only is it killing certain people right there on the spot, and they're not even reporting them. Think about it. That has been 5,000 people reported dead and, like, on the spot. And only less than 1% get reported. Do the math. 5,000 people and less than 1% is getting reported? Do the math. And we're talking about less than 1% of like 300 plus million people. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Nation of Islam already came out and said, listen, if they try to pass this vaccine passport nonsense, we will consider it an act of war and respond accordingly. I heard that. I had heard that. And people should consider it an act of war because what they're already doing is chemical warfare and it's terrorism. And it's happening domestically, like from our own, from people from our own country. You know, and that's why other countries is looking at us crazy now. Like, oh, these people is weak because look at, look at, look at what they're allowing in their own backyard. They know that we're vulnerable. You know, it was different when Trump was in office. When he was when he was running things, you weren't hearing other countries running their mouth about the U.S. 
like they do now that Biden's in there. It's a whole different attitude. How look at how South Korea, China, and all them are acting now versus when Trump was in there. You mean North Korea? But oh yeah, North Korea. It ain't even the same at all. Now all of a sudden they walking around with their chest out. I'm telling y'all, this is not going to end well. Not just on the vaccine front. That's like small stuff. We could fix that tomorrow. How's that? And and we're gonna we're gonna have to end it there because we turned it to twenty minutes on the vaccine and the, that whole that whole circumstance. But go ahead. Oh, by by saying, listen, look, this ain't FDA approved. This ain't even no real pandemic. Less than you know one percent of the people are even affected by this. This is not. There's no grounds for emergency clearance for this. This is just some flat out wicked nonsense. That needs to be stopped, put to a stop. Think about it. How many other countries have you seen stop it? It's being, you know how many countries all over the world are getting these vaccines and seeing people dying and then just stopping the vaccine process like they got some damn sense? Mm -hmm. Basically everybody but us. It's not that hard to figure. This shit is killing people. Stop giving it to people. It's, that's not hard. Yeah, I know. But people have to get that message, which is the question I asked before this last question. That information is out there. It's all over social media. It's just not going to be on CNN. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, turn off CNN. Dr. Fauci is a fraud. He ain't going to give you no real information. He don't know nothing. What has he ever cured in his life? He ain't never healed, cured nothing. Not one disease known to man is he documented of curing ever, ever. But he's the infection and disease expert. Mm-hmm. But, but they made sure that you ain't never heard of Dr. Sabi, and he didn't cure every damn thing known to man. And it's documented, court documented, Supreme Court documented in the state of New York. He took on the FDA and whooped their ass in court after he had been falsely arrested and all kinds of stuff for claiming that he could cure things that they said was uncurable, which was a damn lie. Mm-hmm. And then he came out and said, oh, no, all this stuff is curable and I'll prove it. And he did. Had hundreds of people in the courtroom with medical documentation proving that he had done it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but he told them how he did it. And they parading this Dr. Fauci around like he's done anything. What has he done? Good question. But it, this is the thing. If you can get all the, all the people that you've been conditioned to trust to tell you the opposite of what you're saying, whose message is going to be the most pervasive? Well, this is all I got to say about that. If you know who Dr. Phil is and you know who Dr. Fauci is and you know who Dr. Oz is, but you don't know Dr. Sabi, Dr. Layla Africa. You, you don't know who, the, who these people are. Mm-hmm. Then you are not going to survive. You're just not going to survive. You're, 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 you're listening to people who are parading themselves. as These are the imposters that we were talking that I was talking about. Yeah. <coughs> at the beginning of the show at the beginning of the show they're parading themselves as experts for the sake of getting a check in the background from a pharmaceutical company knowing and they know that they're out here killing people 
and with this world well, depopulation every- agenda. Mm. So if we kill off everybody, what what's the end game of killing everybody off? Because they want to rebirth a new society. And 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 when you don't have all the people who knew the world before, you can change, you can start okay. a new one. Okay. And also, they want to make it so that they're the majority and they've been the minority the whole time. Yes. So they've been trying to kill off the people of color to even out the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's a numbers game. Well, we know, well, that part of the agenda is is obvious because look at what's going on here. It's ridiculous. There's eight active genocides going on in the world right now that are known. Eight known genocides happening simultaneously. You know, it's like they're trying to kill people out everywhere. Think about it. That's why we have pollution on an unbelievable level. And it's purposely like they're literally spraying chemicals in the air to make your air quality worse. Mm-hmm. Every day you're seeing them going up across the sky and people are still trying to tell you that what you're seeing every day is not real. They're um, giving you genetically modified foods that's making you sick. Yeah. Processed foods with a bunch of chemicals that are making you sick. Yeah. They're giving you water that's um, full of fluoride and all types of bleach and chemicals that's making you sick. Oh, no, these are the safe lim- uh, levels of toxic waste. Yeah. There is no such thing as a safe level of toxic waste. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drop a no toxicity in my shit. I want pure spring water. It don't need no help being clean. Mm-mm. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, see, now. Are you kidding me? Like at the end of the day, people, y'all got to think for yourselves. You can't just accept information. You got to say, does that make sense? You know, and then on top of that, they're fracking, you know, and putting chemicals into the into the ground. They're breaking up your drilling into your ground, putting chemicals into the ground that are creating a gas. They're collecting the gas and then they're calling it natural. Mm-hmm. Empowering your buses and your public transportation and stuff with it is anything but natural. Mm-hmm. And they're getting it in a completely unnatural way. And that's why everywhere where they're fracking, there's earthquakes. Why? Because they're destroying the plates. Mm-hmm. And then they're converging together and creating earthquakes in places where there was never earthquakes before. Yeah. And it's releasing all types of co- toxic chemicals that's even killing birds. Birds are falling out of the sky dead in places like Ohio. Where they're doing, where they're heavy on the fracking. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what's causing this? Same thing that's causing those earthquakes. These are the same people. There's, there's, there's arsonists burning down California every year. And they're, and they're trying to convince you that it's natural. Mm-hmm. No, those fires are not natural. It's arson. And why are they trying to burn up all the trees? To destroy the atmosphere so you yeah. have less oxygen to yeah. breathe. Because the trees clean the, clean the air. So they're trying to put chemicals into the air and then they're trying to wipe out the thing that cleans everything out and filters everything out. So, that you'll, so the air will be more toxic. And people don't even see what's going on. So you think that they're going to see this vaccine coming? I mean, I mean this M- M- mRNA technology coming? They're not even looking it up to see what it is. They're just going to run out and get injected and get their sticker and say, I got vaccinated. Mm -hmm. No, you didn't. You didn't get vaccinated. You can't be vaccinated for a virus. It's impossible. Look up a virus. 
understand the nature of a virus and how it works and then ask yourself does that sound like something that i can even be vaccinated for yeah well in the interest of full disclosure i had part one of the vaccination that's crazy nobody should ever do should never inject themselves in the mrna technology and now listen to this this is the, the crazy part about it i had like an extended discussion with our aunt who was like railing on me for not wanting to do this this shot right i was like i'm not getting in that damn shot because it's it's ridiculous i said even when i was in the military i wouldn't get a flu shot and and it was mandated and over 90 percent of the military has refused the vaccination which I don't even know how they do that now because when I was in, you couldn't do that. Well, I guess the, the re only reason why they can is because of the same reason why we can. Well, oh, the FDA thing. But anyway, I, I I had an extended discussion, I'll call it a discussion, about why I wasn't doing it for a lot of the same things that B just said. It's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You can't get a, a shot to keep you from getting a virus. That's ridiculous. But, um, and I'm still trying to figure out why the hell I went and did it but um but i never felt right about it you know because why would i go 40 years without getting a flu shot and do this makes no sense but anyway if i had had this discussion with you i probably would never would have done it i had already i didn't really feel like it was a need to discuss it because i wasn't even considering it mm -hmm. i i wasn't even considering it it's like come on i'm not doing this stuff there was a I, lot there was a lot of people who said that and then <laughs> through some type of outside influence, mm -hmm. whether it was like seeing an athlete do it, oh, uh -huh. they did it, now I can go do it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, seeing their friends do it on social media and, and post it and showing them with, with their little sticker, oh, I want, I want my I voted sticker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm just like, wow, it's like little kids. It's like, oh, I want to go get my sucker and my sticker. Yeah, exactly. It's like, really? It's, well, at what cost yeah. that's how cheap you was bought a sticker and, and a, a sucker? sucker yeah he's like yeah no you the sucker anyway that's that's that and we're gonna have to end the show here i mean we got a lot of time to talk about the nba playoffs we only had one sweep we thought there would be more than that there's a potential for another one tomorrow with the philly the I, philly I, washington i can't believe the nets let boston get that game three that was just ridiculous. Man, just they came out, punched them in the mouth. Brad Stevens calls a timeout. They come out, and Tatum was just like a different person yeah. out of the timeout. And yeah. then the rest of the team, him and Marcus Smart, was just what? willed their team to oh, win. No, no. And, and the Nets. Tristan and, freaking Thompson. And the Nets just did not respond no, at they didn't. all. They didn't. Tristan Thompson dominated them they were just like oh we can we can throw this game but the thing that hurts them the most dad was jeff green getting hurt yeah that doesn't help them because now that you got to play blake that griffin leadership too now that you got to play blake griffin it's just like oh my god you know he's so the off other thing he can't that, do nothing but foul people no, dad the, the 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 other thing that jeff green did the something we always talk about is is on the court leadership off the court leadership from a player Yes. Leadership from a player. He was the guy who provided that for them. Mm -hmm. And taking him out is much more than just taking his body out of the lineup. Now, they won't need him for this series. No, they won't. But they're going to need him for the next one. 
Yeah. So and so hopefully they're saying he's out two weeks, but that plantar uh, fasciitis. That, he probably won't play. That's that's yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. He probably uh, won't play. I don't. I'm not looking for Jeff. Gray they can't win without him. I'm telling you right now that they can't win without him. He does way too much. The leadership, the defensive versatility, the being able to hit the open three, and he still got bunnies. Yeah. He's still dunking on niggas. Yeah. So it's just like he, he is such a key piece to what they do, and without him there, I just don't. They can't win without. They can't beat Milwaukee and Philly without him. And it's not they, happening. No, they don't have nothing inside. They're a donut team. Because DeAndre Jordan is out, and and Claxton ain't ready. Claxton ain't ready, and 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 Griffin, please. So they they're a donut team. So that'll be the thing that would be their undoing. And Philly, and Philly, those other teams got too much size. Yeah, Philly like, and Milwaukee, they got too much size. It's it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, it ain't happening for Brooklyn this year. It's tough, but we'll see. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be Milwaukee or Philly. It's going to be interesting if if nothing else. We'll see what that what, conference finals going to be crazy. Yeah, but it's going to be some good basketball. I, I still don't care about the West. Me either, because it, it's going to be a team out the East who win this year. Yeah, it's not going to be a team in the West that wins because there's nobody good enough. Not def- no, not defensively. No. The Eastern teams are way better defensively. Well, the Lakers could. They're good enough defensively. But I sh- the pickup from Milwaukee was Forbes, getting Forbes from. San Antonio, they needed a guy like that on their team. They were missing that for years. They were missing a guy like that. And adding Drew Holiday, him. Well, it didn't hurt them getting Bobby Portis either. Oh, but yeah, that was the other guy I was thinking. I knew there was a third person, and Bobby Portis. Those were the three guys that completely changed the team. Mm-hmm. Completely changed the team. You can't now, like, they done plugged up all them holes now. Now they just got to go out there and, and play. And I will say this. If, if, if it's Milwaukee, Philly, I put my money on Milwaukee mm. because they got more heart. Mm-hmm. I think that Philly got more talent. Yes, they do. But Milwaukee got way more heart. They got way more desire and will to win. Well, that team, that series, that matchup would be a battle of others would be the battle of the others, which whosoever others step up. And the I most. think that Milwaukee's got more depth than Philly. The starting fives are comparable, but Milwaukee got more depth. They got guys that come off the bench and like really impact the game. The Philly's bench is less impactful. It is. I agree. They got a nice bench, but they're less impactful. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the difference. And and I also think that Milwaukee can play more styles, so they have more versatility. You can throw different looks at them, and they can still score. You can do different things offensively; they can still defend. So ultimately, I, you know, I kind of feel like Milwaukee might be the best team this year in the East. I think they might be the best team. All right, we this might. is their best chance to get to the finals that I've ever seen them have. And if they get there, they'll it, win. It just feels like it might be their year to me. Mm-hmm. I think Philly might be a year away. I think they need to make some 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 personnel changes bench wise. I think mm-hmm. they need to fortify the bench a little bit more. Uh-huh. So where you can legit play eight guys. You need like two guys on that bench that could start on other teams. Okay. This is where you tell me whether you agree or not, and we'll end it there with, with Philly. I think they need more front court depth, not backcourt. 
Mm. I think they're backcourt heavy, not frontcourt heavy. I would agree. I would agree. Because who do they have? Who's the backup for Tobias Harris? They really don't have a. That's what I mean. Like, but but that's such a hard position to fill. The mm. three is the hardest position yeah. to fill in the NBA. Because you bringing in guys like Thibel who are just defensive players, don't give you nothing consistently on the offensive end. Right. And then you got the Shake Miltons and the Maxies, you know, and those guys and Corkmas. And that's it. You got nobody in the front court besides yeah. Dwight Howard. You got to do better than the Cork Mises and the, the like. You got to get, you got to and the you got to do better than that. I like Thibel. You need a defensive guy like that on your team. Yeah, every guy, every he's team. He's a valuable piece, but he's inconsistent offensively. Yeah, but I mean, you you just got to have the pieces around him to where that's okay, mm-hmm. and he can have more time to yeah, develop exactly. in that place. They need another front court, legitimate front court guy who can come in for. That could be a swing three or four. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. they just don't have that. I agree. All like, right. They fool around and get like a Gafford, like like Washington Ooh. did. Like, we got to talk about that next show. We got to talk about Gafford. That was know? the biggest pickup that nobody's talking about. They they talked about it on the last telecast. I'd be like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how they weaseled that. Gafford said... He said, I can understand why that. He said, I was upset that they let me go, but I understand it because I didn't come to play every game. So he said he learned from that. Mm-hmm. And now he's exhibiting the potential that he's always had. There were lots of times I saw him play for Chicago. And I said, man, how come this guy ain't getting no run? And his teammates said that to him. He said, they said, man, I never understood why you didn't get more run in Chicago. He said, I didn't come to play. But now I'm ready. So anyway, that's enough of that. We got to end it here, B. That boy can ball. Oh, and shout out to Powell, man, because he did his thing last night, boy. 619 represent. Yeah, he Stand did. Stand up. A, yeah, that was a major pickup for them. They needed him on a number of different levels, the toughness, the scoring, no, both, the, both ends of the, the floor. But the defense that he played on Porter Jr., he yeah. was locking that nigga down and giving him 30. Yeah. So shout out to 619, as B calls him. All right, that'll be it for this week, man. We we talked about some stuff today. Oh yeah, y'all got the full spectrum today. Anyway, that's what it's supposed to be about. He had me he had me on on shutdown because I had funked around and got the damn vaccine, um, and then I was ashamed of myself for doing it. But you know, I ain't gonna sit here in front like I did. It's okay. Just don't go back and let them keep giving you more injections. You know, because my you know my mind and my heart said this is bullshit. You know, I don't do this. You know, I take care. You know, I put the right. I try to put the right stuff in my body, stuff to help my immune system do what it's supposed to do. And I don't worry about that stuff. And I don't be getting sick. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody in my household been sick a gazillion times. I ain't hardly been sick at all. That's right. So anyway, because I do it on the regular. But anyway, that's enough for me. Peace and love, everybody. I hope you guys have a safe and awesome uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's my favorite time of the year. Shout out again to all those who made the um, the ultimate sacrifice. Sugar Free signing out. If you get your cream, you split it with your team. I can get it there, whatever you need. Hey, move the zip, I ate the whole cake. If you're holding weight, you move it out of state, nigga. They call me the transporter. I'm good from three-point range. Call me Terry Porter. No talking, no tape recorder. Ain't worried about getting caught. I'm crossing the border. A hundred G's paid to retain a lawyer. I paid the fees and moved to La Jolla. A pit bull like a Georgetown Hoyer. You the employee and I'm the employer. 
Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man In the name of show, show, I'ma smash the gas yeah. Smoking my juicy fruit in pursuit of cash And I bring the house of pain like I was ever last Ever since a young nigga labeled me an outcast I'm going balls out, my back's against the wall Big balls, about the size of a tennis ball, Big ball. Shit. I'll show you how to ball out Hit the game like a nuclear fallout If you win the dissing, I'm the one you should call out I'm on a mission, player, I never sold out I took the other route, I went against the grain Me and my nigga, man, we the ones to follow We some girls, niggas, we going full throttle Got a fifth in Hennessy and I'ma drink the whole bottle Pocket full of money, player, feeling like I won the lotto Got a bad bitch, call her America's top model Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man I do whatever it takes 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 to get it, man I told you, nigga, you know my persona I'm a soldier, nigga, deputy for designer Yelling, ain't no peace till the niggas get in peace While I flip my middle finger to your honor Smoking on the finest marijuana I can find Up on the money gang, we throwing up dollar signs We on the grind like each and every day Seven days a week 24, 7, 365 The last time I checked it was all about the money, power, and respect I'm certified solid, better check my rep You couldn't see through me if you was looking at my silhouette Blood in my eye like the great George Jackson We bout to take it, we ain't asking to say the least I put that on my brother's dead and deceased I'll be a rider till I rest in peace Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man. I do whatever it takes. I do whatever it takes. I do whatever it takes. I do whatever it takes to get it, man.